I've been told. Yeah. I don't know what I've been told. I've been told that Connie, uh, you know. what we need to do. Yeah. I'm supposed to put the volume right up. Yeah. And then fuck uh, that. And then fuck with the trim. Oh, okay. Which sounds rude to me. Yeah. Is it a bit of a 1970s term for Minge. China? So if you could talk in an uninterrupted flow. Okay, um, uh, I've been playing an awful lot of uh, Total War Empire recently. Ooh. I've become obsessed with conquering India. Only I um, broke my alliance with the whatchamacallits a bit early. The Indians? Yeah, but I forget the, the con- Confederacy or something or other. And oh, God almighty, I tell you. The Indians are right up my fucking ass now. They don't like it at all. When you say, they don't like it up them. When you say India, you've been trying to take over India. Mm-hmm. Do you mean the Americas? No, um, Empire Total War happens over three theatres. Um, that's the Americas, Europe and uh, the Asian subcontinent. And so specifically you've been trying to take over India? India, yeah. Not the Indians? Not the Indians. No, I'm, I've really been focusing on the Indian subcontinent. I've, I've kind of... I don't actually have a presence in the Americas at this point, which I need to... I'm not going to win, because you have to hold, like, 25... I think 25 provinces by 1790, and I'm, like, 1755, and I'm nowhere near it. India is a real fucking grind. It is. It's a tough nut to crack, India. And they just won't give up. I'm forever defending my faults. (laughs) For some reason, they don't like being colonised. No, they don't like it. It's not like in real life. No. They, they were a walkover, I think, weren't they, originally? But Well, I think maybe we didn't... I mean, I don't really know. Did we go in all guns blazing? Well, or I did like, we go I, in and say, hey, maybe you want us to look after you? We're awesome. Well, history is revisionist, isn't it? I, like, the, the way the Empire was discussed when we were at school that I remember was essentially we turned up, brought civilization, and the, they were really grateful until, like, some little dude like an agitator, let's call him Gandhi, <laughs> turned up. Just it's a good enough name to pick yeah. out of the... Um, turned up and, and, and turned them all against us and then created Pakistan and India and, and uh, through his apparent good works created nuclear tension. Did you hear about the story about a guy, I forget where it was now, I think it was in Wales. And Gandhi um, was in Wales? Oh, yeah. Mind you, Mahatma does sound like a sort of yeah. Welsh name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Mahatma the Gandhi, they'd call him there though, wouldn't they? And apparently he wrote into his local newspaper or phoned up a, a phone-in to complain about the Muslim statue they were putting up locally, which was of Gandhi. Uh-huh. Which is stupid, because he wasn't a Muslim, was he? Was he a Hindu? Don't know, he was one of the others, wasn't he? <laughs> I think he was a Hindu. I, think, well, I okay. don't think he was a Sikh. He definitely wasn't a Sikh, was he? Because he didn't have a turban, so yeah, he must have been a Hindu. He might have. We might have never seen him photographed with his turban on. I think he was a Hindu. Hinduism was the um, the religion in that episode of Cosmos with Carl Sagan. He said, he, of all the religions, they're the ones who've probably got got it most right about the nature of universes. That it's a constant cycle of birth and, and rebirth. So and birth, regret. death and regret. Yeah, no shit. Plenty of that. Recriminations. Um, yeah, ground down teeth, sleepless nights. False prophets. I haven't slept properly in two weeks, Nick. I don't know what's going on. Haven't you? No. 
Do you, uh, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I can talk about that a little bit, I suppose. Uh, because I have <clears throat> uh, missed you. Thank you. I have been very concerned that uh, part of the uh, part of the reason you haven't wanted to podcast with me is because I had so many technical difficulties for a couple of weeks. No, no, it's just Le- it's, it's hate. Hate. Yeah. Okay. No, that's better yeah. though because I can work on hate. Yeah, that's true. I'm never going to be better technically yeah. than I am right now. No. So, true. Uh, as I mentioned before, though, apparently uh, there is, was an issue of trim. So I just like saying Have it. you got your trim sorted? I think uh, I'm yeah. in control of the trim. Have you done it in the modern fashion or have you gone for a 70s trim? Yes. I don't know. About the 70s. Yes. The I There was a... Well, not just about the 70s. I was listening to... We'll start early with the, the baby talk. Yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> because... Sorry. Because that was such a dad joke. It was very cheap, wasn't You'd it? You'd gone away for two weeks and come back with just yeah. dad humour. Yeah, that was incredibly cheap. Uh, the uh, I was listening to the Beatles with Noah for the first time. That there are certain songs that Which we go to. Which album is that? Yeah, all of the Beatles. I just thought I put it on random oh. on shuffle. Sorry, it sounds like an album. The Beatles with Noah. The Beatles with Noah. No, it's a very very uh, early album. We uh, there are certain songs he really likes. We got into lots of music through uh, showing him videos on YouTube. Mm. So he likes the OK Go videos because they're very visually interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a Muppet one. He also likes the Seer Chandelier video because I basically played it at him constantly, so now he can't help but like it. Same with uh, Taylor Swift's uh, Shake It Off. Okay. She seems very nice. Sure. For a pop starlet, sure. anyway. And They Might Be Giants. I've Good. been uh, uh, getting him into that quite early. Highly recommend Here Come the One, Two, Threes. Yeah, you really like that album. Really good. Um, Here Come the One, Two, Threes, Here Come Science. A great, kiddie friendly albums. Which one has No, 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 Ten Times No? I, that's not either of those. Oh, maybe that's the first one. I think it's called No, the album. Okay. It's uh, There's a song on it called Where Do They Make Balloons, oh, which right, is okay. very jaunty. Um, yes, I really like that one. And uh, But anyway, so y- yesterday, oh, the other song that I really, that just always gets him in a good mood, even if he's stressed out, is the theme tune to the uh, Donald Logue, uh, M. Raymond James television program uh terriers which only lasted for one season but has the most upbeat um it's got the most upbeat theme tune ever it's called gunfight epiphany and it's got lots of movements to it they're Mm -hmm. all very jaunty and he loves that so much did you have a from from early on a song that would always soothe him so like a song that you and amy would sing to him that would would always always work did we have any songs that soothe him from early Mm. on we we tried to have certain routines early mm. on that have gone out the window. Like there was a point at which bedtime stories went. There was one book that we used to read to him, mm-hmm. which I think we talked about before. Um, uh, the one with the, the nut brown hair. Yes, and I can't remember. I guess how much. I guess love how you. much I love you. Which we still read to him sometimes. But as he got older, um, he wanted his bottle. He has a bottle before bedtime. He's probably too sophisticated for that now, isn't he? can't be bothered. He yeah. just can't be bothered. And also, he tries to help you read stuff to yeah. him now. Proust now, he likes Proust, to yeah. Which is a bit difficult, because it's beyond both mine and Amy's reading age. Yeah, fair enough. The nearest thing to a song that always kind of chills him out, uh, mm. that was the nearest thing we had to him talking early on as well, was uh, The Wheels on the Bus. He's got a Wheels on the Bus book, and he really likes that one. 
but it's not exactly a chill out sort of song. It cheers him up. Funny that we were listening to that on CD um, as we. Uh, my wife gave me a lift here today. We were listening to that with Scarlet in the back of the car. Ours was, and, and this works right from. The first time I remember singing, singing it, she was about three or four weeks old. Um, and it still works now, is You Are My Sunshine. Oh, that's a cute one. Yeah, it's really a bit sinister if you'd really Yeah, I think we've talked about it. That, that yeah. bit, please don't take my... I always imagine it in a, like... I always imagine it as being the sort of song that they'd use... The sort of ch- children's song that they'd use in something like Con Air or Cape Fear or... Yeah. Do you know, to... Yeah. Um, to you'd play it in a minor key as well, it'd be really chilling wouldn't it yeah just while someone's doing like you'd have the the children and the parents singing it to each other and it'd be mm. upbeat towards the beginning but then it'd cut to the night time and the camera would be going down these darkened corridors mm. and you'd feel like you were looking through the eyes of a person or a malevolent force going through mm. the house and yeah it'd just be that sort of In a, mighty a clanging piano oh, yeah. nasty yeah it is one of those songs definitely i think i realized early on that i'd feel that way about most children's songs so we I started playing her um playing him. He's not a he's not a she, he's a he. Okay. I mean I don't like to be limiting at this you point. You shouldn't be so gender normative, but okay. There's a song called Baby Love Child by okay. uh, Pizzicato Five. I think I think that's who it oh, is. You could have just made that out for all I know. I think I think that's the name. The reason I love the song I think I knew it vaguely anyway, and then there's an episode of Futurama where it's played. I feel like I might have talked about this before, but there's an episode of Futurama where Leela finds out that she's not a mutant, she's not actually an alien, she's a mutant, mm-hmm. and that she isn't an orphan, she isn't the last person from her planet. Yeah. Her parents are mutants who live mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, sewers. Yep. And so the whole way through she's finding out and she ends up dealing with, well, so I wasn't I'm not an orphan. I was actually abandoned. Brilliant. And she mm. hates them by the end of the episode. And she feels like they just left her on the, the steps of this orphanage and stuff like that. And they, they ignored her and didn't think about her. And then the song, uh, Baby Love Child starts up and, uh, you see all of these scenes that she's remembering where she was a baby in the orphanage and being left alone and, and, and being sad. Mm. And you see her, like one or the other of her two mutant parents sort of, leaving her leaving her presence or 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 tucking her in or something when she was asleep like mm-hmm. sneaking in and yeah. and and just keeping an eye on her through her life and then that song baby love child's playing and it's lovely it sounds like i've got a lump in my throat it's a really good episode and uh, and weirdly i think by accident the music to baby love child fits in quite nicely with the futurama music mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember but there was a period of maybe three or four seasons when futurama was actually good I, it's one of those, I, I don't, I don't see a season structure with Futurama because I've only ever caught it in the odd episode oh, and so right, forth. Okay. So I don't, it doesn't flow in seasons for me. Like, it's like Family Guy and it got cancelled at roughly the same time as mm. Family Guy and up to the point where it got cancelled, I think it was still generally pretty good yeah. in the same way that Family Guy was. And then with Futurama, it came back and they tried to go for a much more story in science fiction. It's got fewer jokes. Sure. And it it doesn't work as well as The Simpsons does. So that's got fewer jokes and is more story focused and I think doesn't work. And with Family Guy, they've just gone full tilt into their in-jokes when they come back. And I don't think that works either. So whenever you hear about a TV show coming back, like, it got cancelled, but it's coming back. In the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, no, you're right. Let it it's die. It's fine. Just let it die. Yeah. 
these the things fans do not know what is good for them. New things are a good thing. That was the um the sinister first draft of the uh, the Disney hit Let It Go. Yeah. Let it die. Let, let it, it die. die. Do you know there isn't a day goes by at the moment where I don't hear that shrieked somewhere in our flat. Does she understand that it's it's basically a hymn to finally letting go of the awful parenting that you were brought up with? <laughs> yeah, no, but she hasn't. She doesn't really. She's not really aware of how awful the parenting she's experiencing is. So uh, yeah, it really resonate when she gets older. I don't think. I don't think your parenting is anything like the parenting in that film. It's a. It's it's trite now to talk about the parenting in that film, don't, but it really is bad. Don't the parents die? Yeah, but not before completely messing up both of their kids. Oh yeah, that's it. By um, making her uh, suppress her yeah. powers, conceal, don't feel. There's this excellent. Um, I suppose Scarlett's equivalent is stop doing that. You're going to fall off the bed. <laughs> yeah, but she might fall off the bed and hurt herself. You're not telling her to stifle her inner everything. She did the other day. It's very funny. She stifled her inner everything. No, she fell off the bed. She got angry because I was laughing. There's <laughs> nothing funnier than a tearful four-year-old child very earnestly telling you to not laugh because it's, it's not funny. There are a lot of videos on the internet that prove exactly yeah, that. Despite the fact that it, what, what's just happened is hilarious. The, uh, she didn't hurt herself. We always check first, yeah, to oh, see yeah. if she's hurt herself, and then I laugh. Well, if she's angry with you because she did something stupid, yeah. it's better to train her early for you laughing at her. That's true enough. But no, in uh, in Frozen, again, it's been done to death. But there's this, there's this excellent how it should have ended cartoon. You know, there's mm-hmm. the series how it should have ended, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they're a bit rubbish. But in that one, it's uh, at the very beginning of Frozen. For any mm-hmm. listener who hasn't watched it yet, at the very beginning of Frozen. There's these two princesses. One of them's a little cutie, and the other one's slightly older and a bit serious. Anna and Elsa. Yep, and they're playing, uh, and they're they're playing at the younger one's insistence because the older one basically has Iceman's powers. Yep, uh, from the X Men, not Iceman from Top Gun. Do you know it's the one thing she doesn't do in that film is build basically, you know, like he, he did in the uh, the Spider Man and Friends. Um, what did he do in that? You I know, and he was constantly surfing along on an ice bridge. Oh yeah, he loves his ice bridges. She yeah. kind of does build herself one ice bridge, but it's a bit, it's just one and it just goes up. She doesn't skid on it at it's all. more a staircase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it is. Makes very cute snowman though. But so she, uh, she's using her powers and the little one's just winding her up and winding her up and, and being more excitable and yeah. more excitable. And Anna, the small ones, Anna. Yes, and through no fault of her, I'm not very good with names. Elsa's the older one. Through no fault of her own, Elsa accidentally hits Anna with one of her uh, ice beams. Yeah, if you like, yeah. She can't really help it. No. Uh, Anna is um, boisterous. She is. Well, they're boisterous young girls. Yeah. And and so the parents come in and they say... Person-tress. Yeah. And then the parents come in. She starts crying, and, and it's quite upsetting. She starts crying because she realises she's hurt her daughter, her mm. daughter, her sister. Oh, what if that was a... Yeah. Maybe the reason her powers are manifesting the way yeah. they are is because she's up... No, it's, she's too young even for that, isn't she? Yeah, let's not go there. Um, I'm sure that, that somewhere on the internet someone has, though. Well, you'd be my actually... Yeah. Um, and so she cries for help, and the first things her, her parents come in, uh, they come in, and they immediately start with the recriminations. They're like, Elsa, what have you done? Mm. Not, blimey, what's happened here? Let's see how we can best help big, both of our children. To be fair, though, they've got the hassle of, like, going to the trolls. 
Yeah, which um, is a hassle. It is. I mean, I'd be like, oh, Christ, Scarlet, we've got to go to the Trolls again. That's They're always brilliant. bloody singing, matchmaking. Yeah, that weird fixer-upper song, which is a bit strange. Um, but if you've not seen it, just read the the Snow Queen, because that's the story. Everyone's a bit of a fixer-upper, James. That's the whole point. We is need it? each other to help fix Sister brother. Sister we, brother. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Because they're talking about a love match. It's a bit Mormon. Yeah. But the... Um, it's an awful thing to say about just the Mormons. They, I, um, there isn't any incest in Mormon. Are you thing. saying that is that a legal disclaimer? Allegedly, there's yeah, no. Yeah, allegedly there is no incest. Yeah. That was just me riffing on something. Sometimes, mm. when you're doing live podcasting, listeners, mm. sometimes things get out of control. That's true. Um, Scarlett found talking about Frozen. She likes uh, she likes YouTube, and we just leave it to use the internet unsupervised. Sounds good. And, yeah, it's good. Works you wouldn't want to uh, tell her to conceal it, don't feel it. No, exactly. It's going. You you look at the world's full of horrors, darling. You philly boots but uh, she found a, an excellent frozen mashup it's it's someone very poorly animating the frozen characters to what does the fox say oh no which is we we love that it's good why does stuff like that have to happen what what does the fox say is a lot of fun when you got a four-year-old kid i think yeah but maybe not with uh animated Hmm. Frozen animation. There's another worse, weird one where they're all in like anything. they're all live action little kids in uh, like Lion King style outfits doing Frozen. I'm yet to see that. And there's the two little girls singing it. Oh, I love that one where they're singing "Let It Go" but they can't quite talk properly yet because they're uh, only really young. <sighs> anyway, so Beatles with Noah. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so. I think the, the troll, even oh, when they, when they go to the trolls, because this is what the uh, how it should have ended okay. riffs on. Yeah. I think when they go to the trolls, the the first troll even does say, "Look, you know, it's controllable. It'll just take a lot of work. Mm. You'll have to you'll have to do do some do some work on controlling your impulses and stuff like that. But with love, mm. this you can get through this with love." And uh, the way the father interprets that is, let's lock her away in a room mm. and never let her out and tell yeah. her to conceal everything. That's true. And then they yeah. die and just leave them. Well, they had it coming, really, didn't The they? parents? Oh, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Would have been better if they died 10 years earlier. I think the girls would have been better off. Yeah, but they're not surrounded by reliable guardians, are they? I mean, it's not... Or any, apparently. No. I mean, they were fucked, really. I mean, it's probably just as well she had ice powers in the end, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Interesting, um, interesting, uh, take on the love's true kiss, uh, meme from Disney, uh, from Disney films at the end of that film. Yeah. As well. I don't think I'm spoiling a Disney film to say it ends with a love, tr- love's true kiss. No, I think they pretty much all do. And it's, uh, it's interesting because it goes, it, it really messes with and then falls directly into tropes, doesn't it? That's true. So the central, the central, uh, relationship ends up being between between sisters and it's all mm. lovely yeah and and i mean it's pretty much like that the whole way through but at the same time one of them still has to find her prince yeah there's still guys to help them out because you know they need guys to help them out there's uh it reminds me disney we um we were helping scarlet make uh, a little fort under the dining room table on sunday because uh, it's horrible weather so i wasn't really going out um and it was a uh fitted a beige uh fitted it wasn't beige when we bought it. A beige fitted um bed sheet. What colour was it when you bought it? White. No, it exactly wasn't. how much had you masturbated onto the really? sheet? I haven't got brown spunk. Oh, okay. It's just poo. Um <laughs> We had this beige fitted sheet that was a spare spare fitted sheet and Scarlet got 
got one of the corners, obviously, because they're elasticated, put it around her head, and she spent most of the day walking around the flat pretending to be Rapunzel. Oh, It was fantastic. I it love was Tangled. so funny. Oh, it's great. She loves it, too. I think that might be my favourite of the Disney Oh, it's great. Yeah, films. it's really good. Where were we? Watch Frank and Weenie as well the other day. She loves that, that. Which one's Frank and Weenie? The one with the dead dog, the Tim Burton thing. The dog gets run over and the kid reanimates it. That isn't the one I've seen. I saw Paranorman recently and that's oh, right. really good I think as Scarlett well. would dig that. She's got a very um, dark sensibility. Like l- last year her favourite film was Daddy I'm a Zombie mm-hmm. about a girl that gets stuck in purgatory. Um, she loves Frank and Weenie. She loves all the sort of old style grim fairy tales and stuff. I think I've, I've definitely... I, she definitely has potential to goth up. She gets nice. older. Yeah, I'm, I'm sport now. It's good. The uh, Paranorman is is really good, although I remember watching it and thinking, I'm not sure who this is for, because it's clearly... Some of it's clearly pitched at kids, but not enough of it, mm. and an awful lot of it is grown-up jokes. Like, not grown-up as in rude, grown-up mm. as in actual references to old stuff that... Like, the, the John Carpenter Halloween theme mm. is very prominent throughout, yeah, and there's loads th- of references to that stuff. I think really good... F- good- Family films include something for everyone, don't they? Mm. I, I think the problem I have when I'm with Scarlett is when we're watching films that are aimed purely at, and there's nothing there for you. We watched a, a, a not brilliant film called Alpha and Omega 3. We missed out on one and two because we've got Netflix and it, it's about a couple <laughs> of, couple of, I think, wolf cubs who are training for something. I kind of lost interest. It's, um, but that was hard work because it is all very sort of cutesy. Kid stuff. And it's oh just yeah, nothing. She, I, I'd say she loved it, but she was only really tuned in for the first twenty minutes. Well, that's the thing. I think Paranorman is it. It's weird because I don't think it's got enough in it for mm, kids. It's very, very strange. A bit like comics, but that's a different. That's, that's a, different a whole podcast. different podcast. Mm. Uh, but Totoro, we watched Totoro again the other day, Good. and he's still mm. totally absorbed by that. Um, yeah. So uh, we were. It was dinner time, and I thought I'd try him out with something else. I've tried him with Prince. He really likes Prince. Okay. I've only got the one album, um, Around the World in a Day, but he really likes that one. That's the one that's got Raspberry Beret on all of that on. There's a line in a Raspberry Beret that <laughs> I didn't have a problem with at the time, obviously, and I don't think I have a problem now because in the context of Prince, you kind of get that it's this really heightened heightened sense of a heightened version of reality mm. uh, seen through Prince's eyes. But there's a line where he says, and she's supposed to be quite young. I think he's supposed to be quite young at this point, but she's supposed to be quite young, but quite nubile. And he says, built like she was, she had the nerve to ask me if I planned to do her any harm. Mm. And now when I hear that, I'm kind of unpicking it. I think, I think the term do me any harm mm. is meant in a kind of a, kind of a slinky, flirty mm. way. But I can't help looking at it in the context of literally everything that gets put out now and, and the, the scrutiny that everything gets put under. I think, if anything, it'd be more explicit now. I think I think um, pop is ridden with filth. It is ridden with filth. But it was back when. we uh, Amy. There was a very interesting... Um, I've not been... I've, I've got really bad insomnia at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I was up the other night. Um, an iPlayer is very much my friend. 
when I've got insomnia. I, I never thought I'd enjoy Would I Lie to You, but you know, at three o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep. At seven seasons of that or whatever, yeah, whatever's available. It's a, real, it's a real boon. But I was watching, um, oh gosh, I forget what it was called, but it was, um, it's about band at the BBC or something like that. And the first thing they, um, they spoke about was George Formby's My Little Stick of Blackpool Rock. Oh, he was filthy. Yeah, he was filthy. Yes, yeah, tons of double entendre. I do you think leaning on a lamppost um, is potentially? I was thinking about it while I was watching this. Leaning on, leaning on a lamppost, waiting for a certain little lady to come by. Do you think he was basically hanging around um, in a curb crawling area, Maybe. waiting for a sex worker to appear? Maybe because there's definitely other stuff. Uh, he's a bit perverse in when I'm cleaning windows. If you could see what he could see, deliberately looking in mm. people's windows. But then there's a there's a there's a a tang in those of the women doing it on purpose because they knew the window know the window yeah. cleaners there. It's around the same time as the confessions of a the confessions of series Robin Asquith films. No, it's about isn't it thirty or forty years? Is it before, thirty or forty years before? You're talking Formby. You're talking about the thirties and forties. Asquith. You're talking about the seventies. Did it all happen before we were born? No, Confessions of the Window Cleaner, that sort of series, was coming out... Was it when like we were young? When we were, when we were really little in the 70s, yeah. You're right, of course. I am... Um, very sad news about the Oxo mum, Linda Bellingham. Yes. Um, who, who has terminal cancer and looks like she, she'd be fortunate to make it very far into next year. But I remember one of the very early... Um, a libido forming, possibly, or one of your formative sexual moments was was her her breasts in Confessions of a um, uh, what was it a um, driving instructor. How is it that Barbara Windsor didn't have more of an impact? Because like Barbara Windsor's boobs were probably something that I was very exposed mm. to early. I do not have any feelings about Barbara Windsor either way. No, nor do I. But Linda Bellingham, I may, mm. I don't know if I've seen that necessarily, but I've definitely always had a bit mm. of a thing about yeah. her. Jenny Agatha, definitely. Mm. But yeah, we watched uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and Jenny Agatha's in that kicking oh. ass. Really? And taking names or just kicking just, ass? Just, just doesn't hang around long enough to, kick, to take names. I don't names. know why you'd want to take names, to be honest with you. Lots of paperwork. That's true. A bit of admin. <laughs> Doing yeah, a bit of admin. No joking. Um, the Beatles. So I think I always knew Jealous Guy was a bit of a rough one mm. because he's the, the, knowing the backstory of that it does involve a little bit of spousal a little he's bit horrible. of light, he's light not, domestic abuse he's a proper, he's <laughs> yeah I mean I don't, I don't call raising hands particularly light no not light at all well, what would you say is light domestic abuse well I, I think maybe a little bit of like um, if you go oh fuck you you cow maybe if you do that that's light abuse isn't that just no never mind what? Isn't that just normal spousal recriminations? No. Okay. Oh, Nick. She calls me a cow all the time. Well. At the... Looks uh, like a horse. Shit's like but, a horse. But yeah, the we, uh, we were listening to... Uh, Amy wanted to play Here Comes the Sun. Tonight. Oh, that's so I put, lovely. I put that song on and he really liked that. And like, we, I just let it run because there were lots of good Beatles songs mm. in this shuffle mix. And, um, but there are certain albums that I'm not that familiar with. Rubber Soul is one of those. Great album. Well, there's a song towards the end of Rubber Soul mm. that is basically the same themes as Jealous Guy, oh, yeah. but without the regret. 
Okay. It's just kind of about how if you ever, if I ever see, I, I would rather kill, he actually mm. says, I would rather kill you than see you with another man. That's Weird. one of the lines. And, and the rest of the, the rest of the lyrics aren't like great. Is it called, if you step out of line, you're going to, again, you're going to get another one of those. Something like, it's just Fucking not nice. No, it's not. And the thing is, we all, it's a bit of cognitive dissonance because we all spend a lot of our lives acting like the 60s and 70s and the Beatles. Mm. The Beatles were kind of nice guys. They weren't, they were part of this movement towards being more decent to each other and, and, and more equality and stuff like that. But it's all bullshit, isn't it? There's it's all a, just you, lies. It's very easy to take the cynical view that actually the hippie movement was really about men getting laid more easily. Oh no, absolutely. There was a lot of misogyny in the hippie movement. It, it was, was a very, not. it was a very straight white male movement, yeah, wasn't no it? shit. Those guys were still in the lead and any... One of my favourite examples of that is, uh, listening to, uh, David Crosby. And I think it's David Crosby. But the, um, uh, the birds. Yeah, no, it is Crosby sings it in the, um, uh, triad, which is basically about, um, this dude trying to, um, convince, uh, convince his girlfriend to have sex with him and another woman. And basically he's doing it like he's trying to deprogram her from her mother's upbringing. But all it is is this dude trying to get laid with two women. It's like, fucking hell, mate. Although for some reason it doesn't sound so sinister when Grace Slick covered it. With um, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Well, I didn't know this song, this Beatles song, and it's mm. a shame I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but apparently, Nancy Sinatra's covered it okay. as well, and, and sure. so it has been. And I wonder how the vocal comes across mm. when it is sung by a woman. It's very. But I, I guess it's it's quite difficult to sort of judge a lot of these songs as well with a 21st century perspective when they were kind of. I'd, it was about being open and sort of admitting flaws as well, I mm. guess, maybe to a certain extent. Is that so? I, I don't really know. I don't know, because certainly we're seeing the fallout now of people not really being that open about what they're like. Well, yeah, that's very true. People actually. knew that what they were doing mm. was sneaky and a bit wrong, otherwise they wouldn't have hidden it as much as do they you, did. Do you know what I always think of, actually, because you're alluding to, like, the tree and, mm -hmm. and so forth. I always think that the, the, the best illustration for me my favourite illustration, whenever we, we have anything on about Utree on the TV, I always think back to that um, scene from With Nell and I, and they're just driving out to Uncle Monty's and they see those schoolgirls, mm -hmm. and he starts leaning out the window and being lewd towards schoolgirls. And it's like, that that's the, that, that to me feels like that prevailing attitude where there weren't... I can't imagine anyone getting away with doing that now, shouting out the schoolgirls, leaning out of a... Well, you know, the, the weirdest, the weirdest thing about it, and I am talking entirely on the fly here. I haven't really thought about this, so it's probably going to go drastically wrong. Okay. Well, let's buckle him. But is that when we, we grew up in that sort of situation, in that sort of culture. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was being exposed to all of that, yeah. I also was of an age where I fancied Mm -hmm. I was a schoolboy. I fancied girls my age. They fancied boys their age. And so it didn't seem that weird at the time mm. that schoolgirls are being sexualized. And I didn't really twig to the mm. fact that it was, it wasn't all teenagers fancying. Yeah. It wasn't all about teenage hormones. It was all this sexualizing of younger, middle -aged younger girls by, by middle-aged guys. 
And I think with that in mind, even as I got older, it didn't, it occurred to me that it was a bit cheeky and was becoming very anachronistic. Like Benny Hill, Benny Hill never really offended me. I just mm-hmm. never found it funny to begin with. And then it just seemed more and more old fashioned and ridiculous. Yeah. But I don't think it ever occurred to me that that was anything but having a joke at mucky old men's expense. Mm-hmm. I don't think it occurred. I don't think it occurred to me watching all the Centrinians and stuff like yeah. that. There's another very good example. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't think it ever occurred to me quite that the obvious and it's obvious mm. now the obvious flip side to all of this silly cultural mm. stuff that seemed old-fashioned but was fine mm-hmm. is was like older guys taking advantage mm. of younger women the carry carry on films in particular typify that sort of well, certainly as well. much and i love them i you know i still have an affection for carry on films but some of the i feel like the late some of the later ones as well because I think like the really late ones, they just sort of descended in the soft porn anyway, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I think the, the the slightly weirder thing about Carry On as well is uh, when we started watching them, it it just never occurred to me. The girls in them were older than us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching Carry On as a kid, yeah, all of the women they're all grown up. All of the women, they? they're all grown up. So it just yeah. didn't occur to me that that mm-hmm. like some of them were supposed to be. I think in the famous mm-hmm. the famous scene that I alluded to about Barbara Windsor, where she because I don't think there was that much nudity in the later ones, was there? Like actual nudity, there was lots of suggested. Stuff. I think I think one of the last ones, like Carry On Emmanuel, which is a spoof oh, okay. of Emmanuel, and I think there's a bit of nudity there. I mean, it gets <laughs> it'd be weird if there wasn't, wouldn't it? Yeah, but there's the scene. I think it's Carry On Camping where Barbara wins and all, all of the girls are doing their exercises and yeah. her bra just flies off. Mm-hmm. I think they're supposed to be like Girl Scouts, aren't they? No, they're from a girls' school. So, yeah, they are, but there's... Okay, so there's... Hattie Jakes, Hattie Jakes and Kenneth Williams are their teachers. And so they are supposed to be schoolgirls. And are. it just yeah. never, like... I've only just intellectually looked at that and thought yeah. Barbara Windsor was supposed to be a schoolgirl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're basically one of our most famous iconic uh, tit moments in... Uh, in uh, film history in the UK is basically us all perving over uh, a schoolgirl. That's good. Well done. Yeah. Well done, the UK. She's still a lot older than us, though, isn't she, James? Yeah. She is a lot older than us, even now. I mean, it's possible that they were A-level students, so you're like, at least they're legal, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe they were sixth formers. But, I mean, it's still prevalent, isn't it? All that sort of... I remember all the drooling about, you know, Catherine Jenkins... Not Catherine Jenkins. Um, the Welsh um, classical singer... Um, Charlotte Church... Church. Where, who's Catherine yeah. Jenkins? She's a classical singer. Right, okay. Also Welsh, I think. Your but, brain just tapped into its knowledge of classical yeah. Welsh female yeah. singers. And but, I remember, she's a very beautiful woman, Catherine Jenkins. so cultural. Thank you. Um, but I remember the, the papers salivating over her coming of age. Oh, it was creepy. But also, I mean, and the papers definitely still, given the moral outrage that papers trade on, I always find it particularly disturbing. And our, our local newspaper typifies this, I think, at least as well as anything else, is around school prom time and around results time as well, mm-hmm. when you're very hard-pressed to see boys or ugly girls yeah, featured in their pictures. Or normal-looking girls. Um, I, I've got a very rude turn of phrase for it when it happened, which I'm not prepared to share with you. Uh, right now, but when it happens normally, but it is, it's really, it's basically good looking young girls that, you know, you, it feels like it's being presented with a bit of a wink, you know? Mm. It's all very innocent. Oh, buy this paper, buy this, um, this picture, these lovely pictures we've taken. But it's like, it, it's, 
feels to me either it is obvious what's going on or I've got uh, more problems than I considered. No, it's definitely happening. And okay, uh, the, uh, the Charlotte Church thing was hilarious because it famously went alongside complaints about the Brass Eye uh, paedophilia special. Yes. The, uh, the, the, on, on one page, one of the papers was saying that Chris Morris should be take, like, arrested or whatever for doing the Brass Eye mm. special, which mm-hmm. lampooned our relationship with, uh, paedophilia. Yeah. And, uh, and on the other facing page, there was a countdown to when Charlotte Church would be yeah. legal or something like right. that. And, uh, it's kind of a done, it's kind of a done to death thing now, mm. but the fact that the Daily Mail is so, um, judgmental, Mm-hmm. about any sort of uh sex crime which it should be yeah but then, no, absolutely yeah. but then in the female column right next to it they like regularly sexualize mm-hmm. very young girls yeah if you if you are the daughter of a supermodel or some other woman known for being attractive mm. they are just counting down to the first time you expose your legs even if you're eight years old I mean, yeah, the, the daily mail hates women but mm. it will condone you if you if you act on that in any other way than um, standing in your toilet and fuming into the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I had a... Is that how you deal with your misogyny? It's how I deal with mine. I kind of... Uh, I don't know. How do I deal with my misogyny? I don't think I have dealt with it, really. No. Well, you I, don't need to. You're a man. I had a, I had a very weird... I had to ask myself a very a very complicated question today, and that was uh, I saw one of my female colleagues who I really like. I, I can mm. I can normally talk to her quite openly. She's really nice, but today she was wearing a really nice outfit. She was wearing a sort of a I don't I don't know I don't know how you describe it because I don't know how to describe fashion. But it was kind of a a skirt or a dress, and then one of those little. Rogue out of the X-Men always wears one, but over almost nothing. It's like a, a nice little vest top thing. And it had this sort of Dutch feel to it. It was, it wasn't revealing or it was just, it was just nice. It looked mm-hmm. nice. Was I it thought, cropped. So it was yeah, short. Yeah. And it, and it was over, <coughs> and it was over so a, crop, a crop, a crop tank top and maybe an A-line skirt. Maybe decent autumn clothes, mm. proper autumn clothes. And I don't know what an A-line skirt is. An old hunter and a blanket. Right. Okay. Um, and I saw her in the morning, and she was with someone else and stuff. So, and and I was and I was going quite quickly. So midriff exposed. I mean, no, 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 not at all. No, her midriff wasn't exposed. So she had a skirt. What was on? Well, she was wearing the... a dress. You said a skirt to be fair. Did I? I yeah. see. I don't know if it was a skirt and a top, but it was everything. Was it was an autumn autumnal sort of outfit. It sounds it like a, nice. it sounds like a dress. And then with a with a, like with a, a top. little crop tank top on top. And yeah. it was really stylish, and I liked it. Mm. And uh, and. So I, I logged that that was stylish and I liked it. And, but I wasn't in, I was moving and it would have been weird to say anything right then. But so it stuck in my head. But, you know, I should mention that I like what she's wearing because it's nice. And then as the day progressed, I started really getting preoccupied with, well, is there a way to say that without it either being very camp, which wasn't mm. really what I was going for, or, or really predatory and creepy? Mm. And, uh, and so I spent more and more of the day thinking, well, is this, you know, is there, this is ridiculous. It should be okay to say that someone looks nice, uh, someone looks nice, what they're wearing looks nice. And I spent more of the day thinking, but is there a way to do it where it's either not either camp or a bit creepy? 
Um, and then at the end of the day, I actually got the chance to bump into mm. her and I said, I really like what you're wearing. And then I thought, do you know, do you know what would have been, what would have been less creepy? Uh, is if I hadn't been thinking about this all day. Yeah, because it's, sort of, it's that sort of train of thought that leads to people sort of basically going into bushes and masturbating in public, isn't it? I think. Is that what you, is that what you think? That's I'm one step away from that. Yeah, I think so. It, it, of, of all my my faults, one, one of the few things I have a problem with. You've never with, done that. No, no, I've not actually. One of the few things I think I am. I don't mind paying a compliment to someone if I think they dress nicely. Hmm. I think I normally don't have a problem with it at all. Um, it's it was the length of time between not having said anything mm. and still kind of thinking about it. As, and I don't even think that's anything to do with what she was wearing or how she looked. I think it's inter- entirely down to my preoccupation mm. with how to communicate with other human beings. Clo- I don't think I know how to do it. I think clothes is quite safe though, because uh, you know you can be any sort of shape. You can look, mm. you know. But you can still dress nicely, and you can, or you know, you can you can wear something that is aesthetically pleasing, you know, because you're not commenting on their their actual physical appearance. You're you're commenting on what they're choosing to cover. Their dress sense, they, yeah, which I think is sort of safer ground, isn't it? I think the thing about it is, I think that in the past, maybe going back quite a long way, but but certainly certainly to the recent past. I've definitely had situations where I've said something quite innocent, like I've made the mistake of saying I like the jumper someone's wearing in front of colleagues or whatever. Thank you. Uh, saying that I like what a female colleague oh. is wearing or something. So you're paying and me a compliment. I'm wearing a jumper this evening. I quite often do pay you compliments. I don't hear compliments. I'm sorry. No, I know. But that is, doesn't mean I don't share them. Um, I think what's definitely happened is in the past... I've just paid a nice neutral comment mm. to female members of staff and other people in the office mm. have stuck their oar in and been really embarrassing about it mm-hmm. and made more of it than there was. And so now I think my initial reaction is to think something's nice and want to mm. say something about it. And then immediately I start thinking, oh, how's that going to sound to other people around them? That's going to be weird. And then it becomes this weird thing. I don't think it's anything to do with the, the woman it, at all. I think it's entirely about uh, me not knowing how to be in public. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she was fine about it. Fair enough. She was, she, was, uh, she was quite nice about it. She says, I don't get complimented very often. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, you gave someone good feels. Um, for, good feelings. Obviously, not, you didn't. I didn't feel anyone. No. I didn't touch them. No. Another friend of mine, uh, and another a kind of friend of the show, and again, I have to be quite careful because we have started talking about this chap situation twice before and ended up not being able to use it. Well, the, f- the, first, the first time was my fault because I, I, I got all angry weird. with him. Yeah, but that's not his fault. That's I get angry with him all the time. Yeah, but and, and the second time was my fault because I realised that there was no way of talking about it. But they, he he has recently had a baby. Congratulations! Or his wife's recently had a baby. It is fair to say, without going into too much detail, that one set of their parents uh, are the sort that come round and visit, and they're fine, and and they stick around mm. for an hour, and then they drive away. And the other pair believe they have more input into the new small family than necessarily they do. Yeah. To the extent that they are taking issue with the 
name that the couple in question have oh, chosen oh, to name it's the like concert. the arches. <laughs> it is. It's um. It's intense, and I'm listening to this. It's nice because this is my friend. Uh, this is a friend of mine who doesn't get angry to mm. the to the extent it makes me furious how not angry he gets most of the time but he's properly pissed off about mm. this it's awesome yeah it's, we had a little bit of disapproval from um nick's mum when uh it came to naming scarlet and actually my mum as well i think to both of them i think to both of them it sounded like quite an old-fashioned name mm-hmm. obviously scarlet o'hara and that sort of thing whereas we didn't choose it because it was particularly modern. We just really liked it. Like, but, no, it's more like a stripper name. What are you talking about? It is, about? yeah. Welcome to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Scarlet. Um, <laughs> She'll just have to add a T to the end of her name. Yeah, she will. To pull that one off. She gets what way. She, she, she's very sensitive about your name, as if you listen to last week's show, you'll know. <laughs> I can't believe I have resorted to trolling a four-year-old girl with the well, name of the episode. You did troll her because I told her what the name of the episode was. So she's... Very pissed off with you, and I'd be very careful because she's just at the right height to kick, punch you right in those great big nuts of yours. The thing that we didn't talk about last week mm. is it's funny to me that her school friends are winding mm. her up about that because that was pretty much how I got her to engage with me early That's on. True. I'm pretty sure I've always done that. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure whether she's being teased with it or not. I don't. I can't tell. But I t- last last week's show was bloody agony. The way I'd managed to set myself up in the end. Right, genuinely, I had a bad back after. Oh, after recording. I did worry week. about you. Yeah. Well, I loved that little bit. I didn't really comment on it afterwards, but I loved mm. the. Um, I loved the the conversation you had with Scarlett. She's coming out of a shell a little bit on that stuff. We're um, she really likes. I've actually left the microphone out. I've I've actually opened a file called um because it amuses me the Scarlett show, uh-huh. and I'm recording little bits of her because she really enjoys using the microphone. So I've left it set up, and then she'd just go along. I'll click record, and she'd just start singing into it. Or so what's her microphone like? It's not that bad actually. I mean, she talks right into. Right into the business bit, so that's that's what's important. Better than her dad, I'd say. I wouldn't like to comment. Um, mm. I should I should mention because we are came getting towards the end of the show. I should mention because we were talking about the Beatles earlier on. One memory that keeps coming back to me recently, mm. and it's mainly because I've um, I've made friends with two guys that I knew when I was in the sixth form. T- totally unrelated guys. Mm. One of them uh, used to be a year above me and uh, used to work in the local record shop. And he was fiercely political then. He hasn't changed, but I kind of idolised him a little bit. And He's a lefty, isn't he, Nick? Yeah, yeah, he is. You don't work in a record shop and be political with a right-wing attitude towards the world. Which is interesting because I'm not, though, am I, really? No, you're not. I'm socially, I'm culturally left, but I'm not really... No, you won't won't know your colours to anyone's mast, and I respect you for that. Um... But, but yeah, I, I was realizing, I was thinking about this, and I've thought about it quite a lot because I've reconnected with these two guys, that I think that the first time I really experienced someone thinking about comics in a cultural, in a cultural ideological way, it was him getting, uh, very angry about this three panel strip in the back of a comic. I think it was called Bloody Hell. It only lasted for one issue. It was a British anthology, a uh, sort of mm-hmm. horror anthology. And he got really angry about what he saw as a victim-blaming strip mm-hmm. in that, which I just hadn't interpreted that way. And at the time, I thought, he's overreacting a bit. I mean, I still respect him, 
But um, I don't really, I don't really see the problem he's got with this. And I was far more feministy back then, mm-hmm. I think. Arguably, I put women on more of a pedestal back then, and 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 it it didn't seem sane. Less dangerous because they're prone to fall off, aren't they? Yeah, and that's just no. They're that's little, e- that's even worse than their heels, and they get giddy, don't they? Right? Yeah, on heights. It's not fair. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> but the uh, the other thing is that another really clear memory in my head was of a, fr- a friend of mine who I know actually listens to the show, Warren, okay. who, who actually listens to the show, who's, I think, a bit younger than me. And he he was always, I was always really impressed with, uh, he was, he's quite a, a, a muso. I don't think we had that name for him back then, but he was very good on it. He was very good at, at playing guitar and he knew lots and lots about music. And I just remember, I remember him really liking the Beatles, but... Um, he really took issue with the song Polythene Pam. Um, I'm not familiar with it. He, it's, it's part of a small movement on one of the albums. I can't, I can't remember which, uh, which album it is, but it's part of the same movement that she came in through the bathroom window and a couple of other songs are. It's not really a song on its own. It, it kind of fits with some others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd listened to this since childhood. I, I knew the album quite well. Um, it goes, if you could see Polythene Pam, she's so good looking, but she looks like a man. Uh, if you could see her in drag dressed in a Polythene bag, yes, you should see Polythene Pam. And I always thought, well, that's jaunty. Mm. It's a little bit like, um, uh, Her Majesty's a very nice girl, but she doesn't have a thing to say, which is another Beatles song sure. about a lady. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until this afternoon round at Warren's place where he uh, explained to me that it's actually about when that album came out, it, it was about a very famous murder that happened at the time of a woman who was dressed in, who was like wrapped in plastic, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, there is, is your cultural reference for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what they were saying about that this whole movement was kind of, uh, kind of, uh, I'd have said covering or talking about this thing that had happened. Warren definitely seemed to interpret it as fetishizing the situation sure. that had happened. And he was flip about it, mm-hmm. but he was very down on uh, Lennon and McCartney mm. about it. And at the time, I thought, well, I mean, maybe overreacting a little bit. But now that I think about it, there was clearly something at that point that made me start looking at lyrics sure. differently and also looking at comics differently. Mm-hmm. And I always used to overthink things a little bit, but I didn't necessarily overthink comics or songs yeah. that much. And it's definitely become a, a part of my life now that is frustrating <laughs> for everyone else. Uh, so thanks to Mark Nixon and to Warren for that. You, I don't, you I don't, turned me against art. <laughs> yeah, you made me hate everything. Thank you. <laughs> there was also a, a, a lecturer at university who said that Schindler's List was pornography. Fucking hell. And, and he was right. I missed that bit. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have a go at some point of trying to wank during Schindler's List. No, not, that's not what he meant, James. He meant that it was shameless, it shamelessly only existed to prompt an emotional reaction. That's what he meant. He meant it was a hollow shell of an experience designed just to get one reaction. It was there for you to wank tears out of your eyes. What? That's a very interesting, I, I can't imagine trying to do that. It's a really dangerous incendiary thing to say, though, isn't it? Because you could waste um, adolescent boys' afternoons when they could be just going on the internet. The, the internet didn't exist back then, and also well, I, then it, then it's especially because it was just tree porn, wasn't it? 
And also, I did get chucked out of a pub. One of the handful of times I've been chucked out mm. of a pub, it was for getting into an argument with a bunch of townies about Schindler's List. Okay, well done. And and Princess Di. I almost got kicked out of a pub once for um, calling David Beckham a C-word. I was quite drunk. But he is a C-word. Well, yeah. I shouldn't have done it. Uh, we haven't said who we are. This is Two Grown Men. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened well, this long the, without knowing who we are. That's the introduction over and done with, so let's, let's get on with let's the show. The show. Yeah. I think we're nearly done for a week, aren't we? Yeah. It's been lovely seeing you again, James. Thank you. I love you. Well, that's very nice. I love you too. Well, I thought for a second there you were going to flinch from saying it back. No. Um, I remember you, you You were very sincerely pleasant to me last week when we were recording, and it made me feel deeply uh, uncomfortable. Oh, but I, I, it's not, I'm not in a I'm not in a place where I'm very happy receiving compliments right now. Uh, to be honest, though, you've never been very good at people being earnest to you. No, I'm particularly bad at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. We can talk about that next week. Yeah, sure. Uh, we there was a, a possible moment where we might have stopped talking about pop culture for five seconds, and we could have talked about something earnest and real. But I decided to distract us from that. Next week probably be better anyway. Bit of distance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, time is a distance that is measured out in miles. That's not right. Years. Time is a distance. That's the Beatles as well. No, because distance is a distance measured out in miles. Yeah, so time is a distance that is measured out in years. Yeah. Um, He's a real nowhere man. Oh, God. The other thing about listening to Beatles songs Mm -hmm. of Noah is two or three of the songs that I listened to a lot when I was a teenager and feeling spurned by ladies Mm. came on. And apparently... Apparently, understanding how ridiculous you were now, then, mm. doesn't stop the songs having some resonance. Do you know, we got within a hair's breadth of introducing ourselves in. Hi, I'm Nick. You can find me on the internet at Nick site. Pretty much anywhere where internets are found. Um, I'm James, and I occasionally Twitter with the handle James Mom, M-O-M-B, but really... They go looking for me at the moment. I'm not there. Oh, you're not there. I mean, I, I check to see if people have said stuff and then don't really get back to them. It's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you can I'm say, spreading the love. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, I'll put links to that in the show notes. You can find this episode at twogrownmen.net. There'll be full show notes there for this. You can email us at issuespod. No. Issuespod. That's, That's the other show. It's the other show you're doing. Fucking yeah. hell. What is it then? 2GM. 2GM podcast at 2GM gmail.com. gmail.com. How, how embarrassing. I'm doing too much, aren't I? You are doing too much. It would be nice if you had friends who um, carried the load a bit, eh? Boy, you've got to carry that weight. She yeah. ain't heavy. She's my sister. That's that true. sort of thing. Yeah. I'm stuck in a 60s loop. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm caught in a trap. No turning back. I'm lost in music. <laughs> oh. I, I thought you were going for never mind. I can't remember the artist now. It's going to bug me. Oh, it's Elvis. Fucking hell. We're caught in a trap. I can't hold back because I, I love you too much, baby. I only really know the Fine Young Cannibals version. Really? Fine yeah. Young Cannibals. Whatever become of them, eh? Was know. it Roland Gift? The, yeah, yeah, I like to think he's still off doing something. Well, probably, unless he's died, in which case he's doing nothing. He probably shows up every other episode of uh, Jules Holland, and we just aren't watching it. Jules Holland. (laughs) Five years ago, he was a national treasure. If he'd gone off the air five years Mm. ago, 
maybe 10 years ago, we'd all think, oh, Jules Holland, what a national treasure. About 10 years ago, uh, he played a gig on Southampton Common and um, we decided to go. thought, why not? Um, and it was it was an event so posh that there was no beer tent. There was a wine stand. Oh my goodness! So we we bought. I think that day, me and my friend's girlfriend, particularly like wine, drunk about five or six bottles of red wine between us. I couldn't fucking stand up at the end of it. It was fantastic. I just sat because we'd taken deck chairs to watch it, and I'd drunk so much wine in that time that I my legs were fucked. It was brilliant. But what was Jules Holland like? I have no idea. I pissed out of my face. <laughs> so drunk. That is probably the best way. Mm. Shall we go? Yeah, go on. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.